inconceivable. 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 Hello. Welcome. Episode eight. Episode eight. I'm That's... so I'm I'm like sad that it's a episode eight already, but I'm so excited to get up to episode ten, so is episode Almost 10 there. the season finale? Or... Yes, it is. Uh-oh. Yeah. I know kind of how you're framing that one. We won't spoil anything We're not spoiling here. anything. Don't say anything. But I I am excited to. Before we start, though, I'm going to describe to you what we are currently witnessing because it is gorgeous. Our two cats. I got one beside me on my right. She's asleep. An American short hair. She's white. A little bit of black, a little bit of brown, a little bit of goldish brown. I don't know if there's like a name for the design where it's spotted all over. Like, like there's spe- yeah, there you go. there's know. other cats. She is passed out. Her paw is currently covering her face, <laughs> like sh- blocking out the light. Like she's like, stop! I don't want to get up. <laughs> and our other cat is on a chair to our left. Curled up in a little ball. It's his chair. It's where he sits. Mm-hmm. It is he's, his chair. He's completely just a black cat. And he's yeah. also curled into a ball, passed out. We, it's like we have two little sentries on either side of us. Exactly. Right? They're our guardians, but they're doing a shit job at it, considering they're both They're asleep. both asleep. <laughs> passed right out. Um, yeah, so, tiny bit of housekeeping. My weekly podcast shout-out this week is Drink Drunk Dead. Which I've been listening to, but you haven't. I haven't. But I have explained to Scoff that these two podcasters are kind of like our podcasting twins. Myself and Emily especially. Yeah. Because they also... I was listening to their podcast and they were talking about their cats interrupting them. And I was like, oh my god, it's us. And then we found other similarities. Like Emily and myself are both very short people. We both enjoy the movie The Princess Bride. The similarities continue, but those are just you know, some of the most... uh, you know, cool ones. Good shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Go so check them out. Give them a listen. They're cool. I've I've heard bits and pieces. I enjoy it. Give them a shout. Give them a, give them a look-see. Yeah. Tell them we sent you. Yeah, and stay tuned for episode 10, because as we mentioned, our season finales are going to be special. That's all I'm going to say about that. Dun-dun-dun! Dun-dun-dun! No, actually, you made that sound bad, though. I, I don't know how we to do it. We have to make it, it like, sound exciting. Dun, dun, dun. No. There you go. There you go. That's that's the excitement sound. You snorted. <laughs> they snort their chuckles. I'm going to do everything possible to cut that out. Um, no, you're not. It stays in. Can we move on to the story? We can move on to the story. Let's move on to the story. Let's move on. Episode 8. The less down-to-earth episode. Because last time was the more... It was real. It, yeah, it was It was real. just odd. Very a bizarre odd. set of plinky-dinks. Alright, so, today's episode focuses on William Sheridan. Not a clue. Yes. One of these days, you're gonna know the people or the person, but until then, I'm actively I love surprising you. trying to not find stories like this now. Yay! Because I like hearing about it in the podcast. So I'm trying, not like... Doing an information blackout, but I'm the type of person that will Google everything when I hear yeah. something odd. 
Yeah, right, or, or play horror games and be like, oh, this is neat. I wonder if this is based on anything. Mm-hmm. And I have to stop doing that. Well, you could always, like, if you hear about a weird case and you just know the basics of it, you could always write the name of the person and say, hey, I know about this, but I don't know all the details. Maybe you can include it in the podcast. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I, I do think it's much more exciting when you haven't heard it before. I agree. But even if you did, our, some of our listeners probably have it, so it would still be fun. Anyways, William Sheridan... This happened in 2006. Okay. And this story I just found in a bunch of articles from the time. Um, so he was in his 60s. He was a retired catering manager. Basically an average Joe. Um, except for the fact that he was awaiting a heart transplant in New York's Mount Sinai Hospital. That's not good. That's not good. No. I mean, aside from just needing a heart transplant in the first place, he's like, said he's in his sixties. Yeah. I mean, I've never needed a transplant for anything, and I'm basically going off house when it comes to my knowledge here. Nice. But I know they have transplant boards. I know there's a bunch of different like rationale based there's on a person's lot of... health, weight, addictions, yeah. mental health. So many factors. So many factors. So, and I know that age is one of those that's like. His, I feel like yeah. his age group, there might be more donor hearts available, but there's also probably more people that age who need hearts. True. So. But if it's like, if you've got like a 22-year-old and a 60-year-old and they both need the heart, he's less likely to exactly, get it. Yeah. Exactly. It really sucks. Anyway. So he's reading a heart transplant, which is not good because it's a heart and you need that. So. There, there was, when I was Googling, though, there was no information on why he needed it or what his condition was. Maybe I just didn't do enough research. I assume. I don't claim to do hours of research here, by the way, if you're listening and you totally know what his condition was, but I just, I'm interested in the story and I didn't think it was really too important. Probably just like, I don't know, insert random medical condition here to do with the heart. A very unfortunate situation that required him to need a new heart. Um, so he's, yeah, he's hanging out at the hospital awaiting the transplant. So I guess he's getting some basic care. Yeah. And his needs taken care of while he's there. And he begins art therapy at the hospital. And this was apparently a strategy to relieve boredom and anxiety while waiting for a donor, which to me makes total sense because no one wants to just sit in a crappy hotel bed and just like twiddle their fingers and you know, wait. No, no, something that's stressful. I would 100% do art therapy, but that's because I'm an artsy person, so. Especially if you're stuck at the hospital. Like, yeah. I've only had one major surgery, and I got my surgery done from the time I went in. I want to say it took 19 hours. Yeah, but that's an appendix. That's but, different. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, like, I only slept for, like, six of those hours. The other parts that I were awake, I was bored out of my bloody mind. Yeah. Like, once you get over the initial, okay, this is happening, you're sitting there like, God, I wish I had a book. I would or like to say, therapy. as the person who was waiting for you to come out of recovery, I myself was quite bored as well. Yeah, right? Like, so, you need stuff to do. So yeah, he's doing art therapy, which I think is really cool. Good on you, hospital. Good on you. Um, and so his art therapist, who was working with him, made a note in his, I guess, in the first few um, I don't know, lessons or sessions or whatever you want, you want to call them. Um, this is her, her making a note that he clearly has no talent for drawing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you make a note of the, like... I don't know. Like, someone's sitting there, you're like, okay, now we're going to draw a beautiful field. 
She walks past him inside. She's like, God, he sucks. I need to write this down. Her name is... His medical profile just says, like, can't draw worth a shit. And then... No, I'm getting to the word for word. But yeah, basically that's what she says. (laughs) Beth DeFuria apparently is her name. Quote, his drawing skills were stuck at nursery level. His stick figures were the sort you would expect of a child. Unquote. Sometimes people just want to draw stick figures. I don't know what's wrong with that. It's nothing to be judged about. But I... yeah, that's just it's it's a good thing she made a note of this because it becomes important later. That's the whole reason I'm mentioning it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he's doing art therapy, and yeah, um, needless to say, after that description, he is not an artist. He's, he's just a retired. What was it? Retired caterer. catering manager. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Eventually. Thankfully, he receives his heart donation and he continues his art therapy while he's in recovery. See where this is going, maybe? I can see where this is going. All of a sudden, wow, he can draw. New artistic talent was kind of odd, to say the least, right? Yeah. And he changes from drawing stick figures to these wildlife and landscapes and he's not copying from something, so he's drawing from memory at this point. Interesting. I so I think I think there's there's different levels of artistic skill. I consider myself quite good, but I have to copy from something. I can't just have someone say draw a horse and just draw it perfectly well, first proportioned off, and everything. No one can draw a horse. Horses are just <laughs> seriously See, like you no, can draw. No, 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 let me finish. You can draw a lot of different things. From what I've heard from people, a horse is a really odd creature to try and draw for whatever reason. Okay, but that has nothing to do with the story. I was just saying a random example to explain. I'm adding to your random example with a secondary random example. Okay, so rephrase. If someone asked me to draw a tree, I could maybe do a decent one. But it's not going to look as nice as one that I've copied from an actual picture where all the proportions are going to be exact because yeah, I'm copying something. You have the line, That's the point yeah. I'm trying to make, right? So it's, in my opinion, and I think in most people's opinion, it's a lot more difficult to draw from memory where you're just trying to picture something so perfectly and make your hand make the picture. I get what you're you saying. know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. So anyways, it's just, it's interesting, I think. So all of a sudden he has this artistic talent. Um, and the art therapist, Beth, said afterwards, quote, Days after his transplant, he began creating this amazing, elaborate artwork. It was really quite amazing how his talent blossomed, unquote. Interesting. So. I have, like, again, I've watched a I've watched, not a lot, I've watched medical shows, but I also know the human body is stupid complicated. Yes. Like, people think of, like, creativity as something you either have or you don't. Yeah. Right? Like, I can't draw worth a damn. I can't. I'm not a good artist. You can. Right? I, I have my little artsy crafts I do, but they're of a different style. I'm not like a draw kind of guy. The theory I'm having right now is that whatever problems he was having with his heart caused some sort of mental problem in the creative side of his brain that, His like, heart problem called it. a mental problem. Yes. Okay. I, I'm i not saying necessarily one completely fixed the other. Maybe the drugs he was on or something altered it or changed it. Like, something. Human body's weird. And that getting the replacement part, heart, he was either put on new drugs, 
other drugs were taken out or somehow a problem that was aside from his heart that was there got fixed okay. and kind of like uncorked the talent okay. for lack of a better term that's that's kind of my, my current theory it could also be something as simple as he always had this theory but maybe he had he uh, always had the skill that too uh, <laughs> but maybe he had something with his uh, fine motor skills because okay. of his heart condition like his hands were, were shaky or something like that or okay you know that's what I'm going with can I talk Probably. The plot thickens. Uh-oh, thicker plots. Yeah, I'm not done. We've been doing this 12 minutes, so. I'm a chatty plot Kathy. Thickens. No, it's fine, because this would have been a shorter episode, so I guess the more tangents we do, the more we can kind of make it the average length. See, I'm trying to be the good guy, and I get in trouble. See what happens. <laughs> um, so, the guy, what's his name? William. So, William, the guy who got the heart. Yep. He agreed to give up, like, the anonymity that gets involved with donations, um, organ transplants and stuff. Yeah. Um, because it was part of a campaign to publicize the need for more organs. Yeah, so, that makes sense. The important part is that he, like, it would be easy for someone to find out who received the heart. Yeah. Um, so eventually, for reasons I could not discover in my research he had a face-to-face -face meeting with the mother of his organ donor it's pretty neat so that i think that would be cool right as someone I mean, who received that'd a heart be pretty neat. like he'd if be I... like oh i'm gonna go meet the mother i'm gonna bring her flowers and be like i i yeah. so appreciate um i know it might have been the, the son's decision to give up his organs yeah or whatever but you know that it's it's appreciated and it's very meaningful i saw a picture the other day and it was of a a mother who lost her son but donated his organs to another boy who had to have a heart transfer plant. And it she had the um, stethoscope, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And she was listening to her own son's heartbeat in the body of a boy whose life was saved because of that. Aww. And it was one of those, like, you saw that and a little tear came out. <laughs> just a tiny little glistening tear. Just a tear. little glistening tear. You're like, my faith in humanity has somewhat restored. been restored. Restored. Anyways... So this, I think, would be really cool. He meets with the mother of his organ donor. Yeah. Um, he is 63 at this time, and the donor who gave up the heart was 24. So mother's late 50s, early 50s. And yes, so the man who gave up the heart was a stockbroker who died in a car accident. It says the car accident happened 2003, and I circled it here because I remember at the beginning of my notes it said 2006. Which must have been the date that I saw on all the articles. Yeah, it was written post. So just as a heads up to listeners, it probably happened... The actual case probably happened in 2003 since, um, you know... Hearts don't last Hearts don't long. last. <laughs> I know blood only lasts like 41 days after it's been donated. Wow. I can't imagine an organ's gonna last no. more than a couple days. So, and yeah, it says he's 63 at the time. So in 2006 would have been the year that he met with the yeah. mother. Anyways. Um... So, when he meets with the mom, he is curious, so he asks her, quote, did Keith have any artistic ability, unquote. Okay. Her name is Donna Reed, and she says he was very artistic. He had shown an interest in art from the time when he was just two years old. Okay. And he was 24 at the time that he died, so he, it was pretty much a lifelong yeah, talent, passion. skill, passion, whatever you want to call it. So, that's neat. Um... And just to 
you know, give some context for the listeners, I guess. He is, this guy William, is one of many, but probably one of the more famous examples of a phenomenon that sounds like science fiction, totally. But it's catching the attention and intriguing a lot of medical experts. And you've probably seen where I'm going with this, but just gonna say it. This whole idea that an organ transplant recipient can inherit character traits or skills from the donor. So, like, if I... You know, I've never, say, ridden a motorcycle in my life or shown an interest. I have to get a transplant, then all of a sudden I'm, you know, all into it. I've bought a bike. Mm -hmm. It affects your personality. Yeah, and um, in the cases I've read, it affects people in lots of different ways, right? So it's not just somebody inheriting skills all the time. There are cases where someone who hates opera music, starts listening to opera music, and they're like, what the hell am I doing? And then they they find out that their heart donor loved opera, or something like that. Little things. I, I, or yeah. somebody who's usually a kind, caring person, and they get kind of grumpy and grouchy and mean, and people have no explanation for the sudden change until they find out about the heart donor and how he maybe wasn't a nice person. I feel like if you know more about the donor before you start to display these things, you might subconsciously be yeah, tailoring 100%. it. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, if you don't know about them, that's if a little bit no more interesting. Although, like, depending on what the changes are, like, if it's something like he was mean and now he's nice, it's like, well, people who've had major surgery like that, sometimes there's well, yeah, changes, but the, the like, someone like, like yeah, but something like the opera music or like the motorcycle example, even the art, those are a little bit kind of harder to... Yeah, I think so too. You know, figure out. I still think that, like, after you've had a surgery like that, that saves your life, your... Your outlook to... on life would probably be significantly shifted. Yeah, you kind of reevaluate what's important to you and mm-hmm. how you've acted a bit, but... That is interesting. Yeah, like, to me it would explain him having a newfound passion for art, maybe. But the skill is harder. That is a lot harder to explain. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on to kind of the second part of the story. So, medical opinion is understandably very divided with this case and many others. You know, that's just a given. Um, With just as many skeptical doctors as the ones who are maybe more open-minded and intrigued. Yeah. You know, no one's just coming out and saying, oh, this obviously is a case of talent somehow being contained within this heart and then the heart being transferred to someone else who then gained that talent. Yeah. No one's just come out and said that because it sounds like science fiction, as I said. But there there does this need to be... This isn't Naruto. <laughs> you don't what? Get... Naruto, the uh, Sasuke or whatever, gets the more powerful eyes by literally taking the eyes of his brother, and it makes him stronger. Oh. It's like literally like an organ transplant, and now he's more powerful. That's not how real life works. Yeah. <laughs> no. Sorry, first um, thought that jumped in my head. But but I will say there there does seem to be, from what I read, you know, there's obviously the doctors who are like, this is just crazy. It's just a coincidence or something. Yeah. Um, and then the ones who are a bit more intrigued and who are like, at the very least, we should be looking into this because it doesn't seem that natural. At, at the end of the day, it's something that's happening. Figure out why. Why not? Yeah. Right? Like, right? The more like we if know, we want to further medical 
knowledge and medical science, then why would you not look into something no matter how crazy it sounds, you know? Exactly. It's just my opinion. But I'm an open-minded one, so I'm biased. I, I, I agree. Knowledge is never a bad thing. Yeah, thank you. So, anyways. Um, so one particular doctor, Gary Schwartz, professor of medicine and neurology and psychiatry and surgery, apparently. Oh my gosh, that dude... Do you picture, like, the the plate on his door with his name <laughs> and title? Like, someone's Just like, I have an appointment of... with... And they start, like, reading it. They're like, oh my god, I needed to take a breath in the middle of that sentence. That's insane. <laughs> Just has a personal secretary. Hi, I'm here to see uh, Gary Schwartz. Okay, are you here for neurology, psychiatry, or surgery? <laughs> when I Which one? Finally get, like... If I ever get a job that involves, like, titles like that, I want my title to be something stupid extravagant. Yeah. Like, I want myself to be, like, the vice president of the co-op committee regarding the internal affairs of human resources and consulting through financial distribution of assets. Okay. I want that to be my, like, official title um, just to mess with people. Okay. University of Arizona. And so there was research done by a whole team which this doctor leads, and they actually, in this research that the whole team did, found definite links. They don't know what the links really, you know, mean. But there are links. But there are links. And he's officially called it, quote, cellular memory. Which sounds so cool. It does. It kind of makes you think of, like, muscle memory. Yes, but to it's a degree, cellular. But it's cellular yeah, it's amazing. It just—it's so cool sounding to me. This does sound like something that would be real in a science fiction novel or a futuristic novel that takes place years in the future, something like that. You know, something it just like, sounds real cool. Makes me think of a, a game I actually finished playing a little while ago called Prey, where the idea is that you can take the memory and skills of someone else. And put it inside you, and it literally like remaps your brain to give you that skill. Cool. The difference is here, it it's an organ, but it still does it. It like remaps you to give you the skill. Yeah, it seems to me what it seems to be suggesting is that people are thinking, oh, stuff like artistic talent is just in your brain and the neurological connections and shit. But I guess what they're suggesting is no, you have cells throughout your whole body that contain different things all those different information all those like energetic people that are like i don't practice art i live art <laughs> i breathe art i am art now all the doctors are like oh my god they have a point they have a point <laughs> true very true anyways um so there are actually a documented 70 cases where he professionally and medically believes that patients inherited traits much like in this case that we're talking about here. Yeah. And this is kind of the explanation. Quote, When the organ is placed in the recipient, the information and energy stored in the organ is passed on to the recipient. The theory applies to any organ that has cells that are interconnected. They could be kidneys. Could you try again? Siri, no ghosts. Calm down. It stopped. What? Can you shut off your demon device over there? I don't... That's just that was the weirdest was terrifying. thing. I think I said theory. And she heard... <laughs> she 
like, yes, you called. Door opens. Oh, my goodness. Okay, anyways, so they could be kidneys, liver, and even just muscles, according to him. Okay. Okay. So. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I think cellular memory sounds possible, like that the cells, specific cells in any organ can have some kind of memory. Yeah. To me, it does seem very odd that something artistic, like artistic skill, passion, and information can be contained in a heart. To me, that's very When odd. I hear cases like this, my first thought goes to coincidences and math. Mm. You know, I, we've done this for, this is, you know, eight episodes in now. People know I'm the math guy. I like, you know, probability and all yeah. that. There's a degree where something that is impossible is completely possible because enough cycles have happened that the, you know, if you have a one in a million chance to win the lottery, well, there's seven billion people on Earth. That means, you know, 700 or 7,000 ought to win the lottery right now. Right? Sure. Like, so I'd want to know, like you said, 70 cases he, he says he's seen this happen. Well, how many cases did you look at? Like, if you've looked at 10,000 cases and you found 70 where all of a sudden the person has the same interest as a donor, I'd be like, okay, that's like a 7% rate. That's not incredible when you think that people are very diverse and complicated. Mm-hmm. And, and people do change over time. Like, I've recently gotten to a hobby that I'd, I'd looked at as a kid, but I started to dive full into it just on a whim one day last year after talking to somebody, right? Or, you know, someone can decide, you know, they're 26, I'm just, this is it, I want to learn how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's something I'd be interested in seeing is how many of cases that they actually look at. Okay. And what the positive ratio was. So you mean out of how many... Sorry, what are you saying? I'm saying, like, if he... So they said 70 cases, they yeah. found this happened. But if you're looking for that out of, like, 100,000 cases of organ transplant, to me, that's just coincidence. That's just, oh, this just, you know? Well, yeah. It's not documented enough or common depends. enough to really say, yes, this is a thing that occurs. It's easier to say, sometimes people change on a whim. Okay. Can this, I talk? Probably. Don't hurt me. I just... I think we should consider that these particular cases require a lot of cooperation on the part of the donor recipients. Yeah. And if if maybe they don't notice a significant change, does that mean that this isn't a thing? No, I'm not saying it's like, absolutely... What if you have a nice person who likes piano and they get a donation from a nice person who likes piano? Yeah. You're not going to see a difference. No, no, absolutely. I, I don't know. I, To me, I think this is something that definitely could happen. I don't necessarily think that the body part remembering is the simplest explanation okay. for what's occurring. Okay. Well. It's literally my job in this podcast. I know, I know, to, I know. to be the arse. I know. <laughs> and to that, I would like to say just that this is one of several cases, obviously, that I had to pick from. And it really was just a matter of how many articles could I find, because I need to try and make these episodes consistently the same length, if I can. Yeah. And some of the cases, there just wasn't a ton of information. Like, this is what happened, this was the recipient, and these were the effects that they noticed. But there weren't, you know, heaps of articles written about them that I could draw multiple, you know, different layers of information from. Yeah. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying. So... 
some of them I that I read were a little bit more interesting, like the singing one I thought, or the music one. I can't remember specifically what genre of music it was or the name of the person, but yeah, just somebody who hates this genre of music and then one day they're listening to it in the car, like every day on their way to work and they notice a trend and they're like, what is happening? Do you know what I think would convince me? What? This And, and this might be a thing, but like, if you had a person who it is well documented, the recipient only speaks like, let's say, English. But the donor oh. speaks Spanish, and only Spanish. That'd be cool. Then they get, like, a heart, and suddenly the new guy knows Spanish. Not like, oh, he understands a little bit. Like, no, I only speak English. I can understand very basic French, because I know a few words in French. I learned a little bit in school, you know, a decade ago. But I can pick out various, like, tones. But, like... Someone was able to just speak it after mm-hmm. transplant. I think that would put a nail in the That'd coffin where I'd cool. kind of be like, okay, yeah, something really weird is happening here. We I should, don't have a logical explanation. If you know of a case like that, let us know because that would be... I think I've heard of reincarnation cases like that where a child who has never had any exposure to a language and has no reason to know it is suddenly speaking it. That's weird. People are like, what the hell? Um... That's but yeah. very weird. Anyways, if you're interested in this topic in general, I just wanted to mention to the listeners that there are a lot more cases that might be more or less intriguing to certain people. Um, so this, you know, William is not the only one to have this experience by any stretch of the imagination. He has a lot of um, fellow cellular memory people. Friends? Tribe? Cohorts? (laughs) A cohort is a group of people. What's it called when you're part of a cohort? I don't know. I'm sorry. We should just finish. I'm sorry. (laughs) We've been talking I don't know how long and I haven't been reading anything on my paper. Anyways, the doctor just finished by saying, quote, The stories we have uncovered are very compelling and completely consistent. Unquote. So what we do know is out of the 70 cases that they documented... Those cases were consistent, and it wasn't like, oh, 35 35 out of these 70 cases we found connections. Interesting. According to him and his team, who are all very professional individuals. With a title that long, he has to be professional. (laughs) So, that's interesting. Um, And the recipient himself is a genuine believer, after this first encounter with um, the mother of the donor. And he presented her, Donna with a sketch of a large hand holding a heart and with the inscription, you gave me more than a heart, thank you, Keith. Which is really That's cool. That's nice. Right? I feel like as a parent, you obviously you never want to see anything happen to your children. Obviously. But, you know, knock on wood, worst case scenario happens, that would be... Um, not... I'm trying to find the right words to say, like, that would make it... I think, easier to know that they're living on in a way by shaping other people's lives. Right, exactly. Even when they're gone. Yeah, for sure. That's why I'm, I mean, this is just me personally, I'm very pro-donor, um, like donate if you don't need it. Yeah, we don't have donor cards. No. We should get some. We should? We should. Everyone should. Why not? I've always been pro, and I never even thought about actually, like... <laughs> we had this discussion a few months ago, I remember bringing it up, but it never went anywhere. But that'd be an interesting... Go out there, peoples. 
talk to, do uh, good talk things. To You're not gonna need it, you know, if it ever comes to that. You know, and if you don't want to donate organs, donate time. Donate, donate time, blood, food, money, lots of things to donate. Lots of things to donate. So to conclude this beautiful sounding story, um, Donna has met with, meh, has kept in touch with William and met with him on other occasions, as well as with other recipients of Keith's donor. Or his other donated organs. I didn't even think about that. Which is pretty cool. Like so this was is... in one of the articles that I I could have added some of those stories in here, but I just mostly wanted to focus on yeah. the the inconceivable aspect of it, which was the whole you know art talent transfer thing, Majig. But I just think it's it's sweet to mention the fact that this experience had as profound an effect on Donna as it did on William. And now Donna is keeping in touch with all the other recipients, and she's, yeah, like, she's meeting with the people in whom her son lives on, you know? It, yeah, like, like you were saying, his, his loss helped save others. Right. Multiple right? others. Multiple others. That would be a great feeling. Not just he helped this one other person survive. But no, he helped these other people. Yeah, there's, there's parts of him living on in various forms. That to me would be great. But what would be so... Now that you mentioned that whole language thing, what would be so intriguing is if this one donor had donated these multiple pieces. So let's say, like, heart, kidney, liver. Let's say there were just three. Yeah. And then all three of them got that art talent. That that would be another that would one be that I... something. I think I'd have to, like, okay... <laughs> Right, because I'm I'm always looking for the the logic part of it. I think if that happened, I'd kind of have to sit there and be like, "Huh, mm-hmm. I don't have a good answer for that." Yeah. That would be very intriguing. Be very I also intriguing. just realized that I think when I first was doing the research, I was able to pull up a picture of like the before and after of what his drawings looked like. So I'm gonna try and find it real quick. But just so you listeners know, this um. Because this is one of the cases that was documented more in articles and stuff, I was able to find more things, such as pictures. I didn't have that for all of the cases, but yeah, still very interesting and intriguing to look up, so. I'm showing Scoff currently the difference between his stick figures <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> I like his other... Okay, I'm going to describe to you what I'm seeing now. So his first picture... There's a small house, like we're talking, not even takes up a quarter of the picture, like maybe like one eight. Blue roof, six stick people, four adults, two kids, a fence that's bigger than the house, and a man with a nose that would make Squidward blush peeking over the fence. His head is bigger than the actual house. To me, it looks like a child at the edge of, like something like yeah a fence or a crib that's looking in on maybe like a little dollhouse with stick figures oh i don't know kind of see that but it's very stick figure i figured it was like a bald hagrid trying to peek on (laughs) you know the weasleys um or you know it's god looking in on the human zoo he's like hey guys um and the bottom picture is beautiful it's a picture of a ocean some flowers a bird like it's not like 
Picasso. It's no. not going to win any awards, but it is better than anything I can draw. And when you, especially when you consider it's drawn from memory and he wasn't copying something, you're like, okay, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. The bird is actually really good. Yeah. Really impressive. So, so that's an interesting dichotomy, is all I'm saying. And you can easily find these pictures in Google by just typing William Sheridan Heart Transplant and it'll come right up. But, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a very cute story. It was a very good story. And I am super excited. So I was talking about the special episode, which will be episode 10. But even next episode, episode 9, is a more down-to-earth story, which again is documented and it's pretty certain that it happened. Okay. But you are not going to believe it. It is amazing. And I am so excited to tell you guys that story next week. Next week. But for this one, I'm going to label it a conceivable Really? I am. I think... Wow. No, 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 no. Hear me out. But a conceivable and as in, like... Could be a thing, but not necessarily a, thing, a specific... But I'm not saying that's exactly what caused it. Like, okay. Because inconceivable to me is when someone's like, and then I saw the ghost, and they abducted me, and yeah, I said ghost abductions, that's a weird one. I'd be <laughs> like, no, that didn't happen, you're just going nuts. This okay. one to me is conceivable because the human body is so complicated and weird... And we're that, still discovering things about it. Yeah, that while I don't think that's what happened, the cellular kind of memory, mm-hmm. I can't say no, it's there impossible. isn't a part of me that says, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good then. It's, yeah. Yay! Conceivable we it is. Conceivable. Woohoo! Alrighty, and hopefully we'll have another conceivable. I don't think so. Next time. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye.